Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Nathan Johnson, and this is episode number seven. Today, we are talking about the last of the five pillars of Christian growth. Let's dive in. We've been talking about the five pillars of Christian growth, five ways you can purposely build your life around Jesus Christ. So far, we've talked about worship, Bible study, prayer, and sharing Jesus. Today, we are looking at the final pillar, which is called grow in him, the pillar of lifelong transformation. Now, to be truthful, while I've loved the other pillars, this one has me very excited to talk about it. Whenever the topic of continual growth and transformation comes up, I get giddy with anticipation and expectation because this concept has truly been ingrained in my life for the last several decades. I've always been a book fanatic. I love reading and learning new things. Ever since I was in high school, I found that when I was intentional about learning and growing, I skyrocketed faster than if I hoped to eventually get to where I wanted to be. To this day, I still average reading about five books every month. I listen to countless hours of audio podcasts, sermons, and teachings, and I've, and I've taken dozens of online training courses. Well, why, you might ask? Well, it all goes back to the pillar that we're discussing, growth and lifelong transformation. One of my favorite people in Christian history was named Andrew Murray. He once said this, You asked me, are you satisfied? Have you got all you want? God forbid! With the deepest feeling of my soul, I can say that I am satisfied with Jesus now, but there is also the consciousness of how much fuller the revelation can be of the exceeding abundance of His grace. Let us never hesitate to say, this is only the beginning. Oh, I love that quote. And it's true. No matter how far you progress in your spiritual life, there is always more. One of my great friends and mentors, Eric Ludi, calls it the endless frontier. Now, on a recent episode of his podcast called Ask Eric, he shared the story where the endless frontier concept came from. Now, since I have the privilege of producing that podcast, I wanted to let you listen in as Eric shares the concept of the endless frontier. Let's listen to Eric. I was uh, studying um, 
high-end vocal training. And so I had this, uh, this teacher named Dr. Scott, and he was just a master of the human voice, sort of like a Yoda of, of singing. And uh, I had trained with this guy for, uh, it'd been about a year, and I was expecting maybe a few months with someone at this level, and then I would be a professional singer. I mean, it can't take that long to be a professional singer, does it? And he was training me like an Olympic athlete. He used to train the Olympic long-distance runners how to breathe. And so he was training me literally to train like an Olympian. And so I was killing myself for this guy. He wanted me to average uh, six hours a day of training. I don't know how many of you have ever thought of taking six hours of every day and singing. I mean, this is ridiculous in my mind. And so I remember asking the question, uh, Scott, who in the world has six hours a day to sing and to train for this stuff? And his answer was very simple. He says, those that want to be the best. It's like, oh, okay. So I was trying to do six hours. And for the first year of training with him, I averaged probably around two to two and a half hours a day. And every week when I came in for my lesson, he was disappointed in me. And I, I literally could not figure out how I could squeeze more time out. But his expectations were so much higher than my performance. So I had been training with him for close to a year when I finally got up the guts to ask the question. Never once in that entire year had he told me that I was even remotely good. And so I, I got up the courage and, and I said, Scott, uh, how good am I? And he chuckles. He laughs. That's what he does. And in this response, he laughs. He says, oh, you finally got up the guts to ask. Yeah. Eric, how old were you when you started playing soccer? And I said, well, I was like eight. And he says, okay, just imagine you're eight years old and you've been playing soccer for one month. How good were you? Well, I stunk. And he says, exactly. So after training for this guy for a year, two and a half hours a day, he literally is saying to me that I, I stink. And he says, but before you get too discouraged, Eric, you need to realize something. Singing is an endless frontier. You have taken one step into an endless frontier and you're asking me how far you've gone. Well, you've gone one step into an endless frontier. And yet that's one step further than 99.9% .9 of the rest of the human race. So don't pitch your tent. Boom, that one truth has transformed me. You see, all of life is like that, where we are looking for a flat piece of ground to pitch our tent and call it good. And as a result, we don't progress into levels of excellence. We just say, hey, look, I'm good enough. And good enough is the great enemy of what God is intending to do in our life. God doesn't work from the framework of good enough. He works from an endless frontier mindset. Do not pitch your tent, Eric. Pull up those tent stakes. Onward march. Isn't that a great concept? Ever since I heard it more than a decade ago, I've applied the concept to every area of my life, manhood, preparation for marriage and family, and most importantly, my spiritual life. Now, what would happen if you realized that the Christian life did not stop a couple steps ahead of the culture, but was truly an endless frontier? What if there was always more to be had? What if there was always more rich nuggets to find in God's word? What if the Christian life only got better, more exciting, increasingly more passion-filled, more fulfilling, deeper, richer, and more satisfying the more we press down its endless corridors? Because you know what? That's the Christian life. As I've already mentioned, personal growth and development, especially in the area of godliness, Christian maturity, and intimacy with Jesus, have become a passion in my life. 
Ever since I was a kid, I found the benefit of books, classes, and online courses as a way to deepen my understanding of a topic, forcing me to think in new ways and provide tools to grow faster. Now, while there is no substitute for the study of, of Scripture and obviously the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, each of us should have a personal growth plan to continually progress down the endless frontier. See, many of us presume that growth happens automatically. And while it's true that we do change and grow slowly over time, growth, progression, and maturity happen most effectively when we live intentionally. When we have a plan in place, it gives us focus and vision for where God is leading us. So if you desire to build your life around Jesus Christ and grow in him, well, let me give you five suggestions. So here we go. Number one, have a personal growth plan. If I wanted to take a road trip from New York City to Seattle, the most effective way to get there wouldn't be just to hop in a car and start driving, but obviously it'd be to grab a map and plan the trip out. Or if you're like me, flip on your iPhone and check out the GPS. But regardless, the trick is planning. The key is to spend a few minutes up front to lay the groundwork, which in turn will save countless headaches and missed turns and keep me from spending more time and more money to get there than is really even needed. The same is true in our spiritual lives. We need a plan. Whether you sit down and write out a simple life plan or just jot down a list of key areas to focus on, the critical thing is to be intentional. Now, if you need some help, here are several key areas in our spiritual lives that I would suggest including in a spiritual growth plan. I encourage you to take time and write an honest evaluation of each of these areas and where you desire these areas to be and or look like and how you sense God wants to develop them in your life. So here are some key areas. The reading of God's word, studying God's word, prayer, journaling, fasting, worship, evangelism. See, these are key areas for the spiritual life. And while you're at it, consider these additional areas as well. Your physical health, marriage, family, your friendships, your career or job, your finances, how you spend your free time and what your hobbies are, and the area of education. In other words, what things do you need to learn and what skills and abilities do you need to cultivate and develop in your life? Now, once you know where you're at and where you need to be, the key is to determine the steps or actions that will take you from your current reality to your desired outcome. Now, remember, this doesn't have to be complicated, but we must be intentional. What is one thing that you can start today in each of these areas that'll push you one more step down the endless frontier? So again, number one is have a personal growth plan. Now, number two, set goals. I've struggled over the years with how goal setting fits into the Christian life. You spend any time in the business world today and the topics of goals is sure to come up. But how do Christians effectively use goals in their lives? One thing I've come to realize is that goals are not bad. In fact, goals have caused me to live with greater focus and intentionality. When I don't have goals, my life often becomes chaotic and less organized and it is harder to determine my day-to-day -day priorities. However, when I have goals, it is easy to make daily decisions, know my priorities, and get more accomplished. Yes, there are countless books and online courses on the topic of setting goals, all with different methodologies and tools. But the most important thing is just do it. Now, you don't have to wait till January 1st. Goals are effective all year long. A couple quick tips and tricks is to take big goals and work backwards. If you want to read the entire Bible this year, how many pages in your Bible does that mean you need to read every single day? Another huge piece of advice that has helped me with goal setting 
is the importance of reviewing your goals regularly and tweaking them as necessary. This year, while I have about a dozen goals, I have three major goals I want to hit. And I've created 10 small things I can do every single day to keep moving these three goals forward. So at the end of each day, I check off if I've accomplished my small task, which will eventually lead me to these big goals. At the end of each week, I spend a few minutes and review my progress and tweak as necessary. I have found this is incredibly, incredibly helpful. And remember, when you're setting goals, be prayerful and make sure what you are moving toward is in alignment with what God is doing in your life and where he's leading you. Number three, read. Several Christians throughout history have called themselves men or women of one book, referring to the Bible. Yet they read countless books over their lifetimes. While there is no substitute for reading and studying God's word, reading great Christian books that stir your soul and cause you to think and press you in Jesus can have an incredible impact on your spiritual growth. Reading has become an invaluable treasure in my life. And as I look back, I see that it's something God has used time and time again to stretch and grow me. So what if you don't like to read? Well, nearly every non-reader I've met who's found a great book that's actually changed their life has discovered a genuine enjoyment for reading. The key is to remember that unlike high school, where you are forced to read for homework, you now can read because you want to, not just because you have to. If you are open and seeking Jesus while you read any of my recommended books, I can assure you that Jesus will draw you into the deeper waters of spiritual life. But what happens if you don't have time? I understand, I really do. I don't have a family yet, but I often clock between 60 and 80 hours of ministry every single week. And yet I still find time to read, in large part because I make it a priority in my life. When I was a kid, I fell in love with books and they've enriched my life in more ways than I can begin to describe. The key to reading is purposely doing it. We find times for things in our lives that we deem important. Even reading one book a month will have a huge benefit to your life within a year's time. It keeps your mind sharp, gives you a greater vocabulary, it calms your life, and it gives you a knowledge you may never have had. So don't make excuses, find a great book and jump in. Need a great place to start? Well, check out the show notes for this episode for a recommended list of 10 great books to start with. Go to deeperchristian.com forward slash 007 for episode number seven and scroll down to the middle of the page. Now, number four, attend conferences, take courses, and be mentored. If you want a secret trick to moving forward faster and deeper in your spiritual life, attend conferences, take courses, and find someone to mentor you. Though they are not a replacement for personal study and prayer, when you attend a conference or take an online course, you spend concentrated and focused time diving into a subject, passage, or topic. Over the years, I've spent a lot of money on books, attending conferences, and taking online courses, and the value and benefit that they have given me is worth every penny invested. Likewise, I encourage you to find someone to mentor you. Meeting with someone gives you access to someone's life, wisdom, and experience, which can prove invaluable. I've had several older godly men in my life who have poured into me throughout the years. Time with these men have been incredibly transforming as I've had the opportunity to ask questions, see how they live and respond amidst the difficult situations of life, and glean insights from conversations. And beyond one-on-one mentoring, another great mentoring, quote-unquote, option is to read the books of godly Christians whom you admire. Over the years, I have been personally mentored by Andrew Murray, Oswald Chambers, C.T. Studd, Hudson Taylor, Amy Carmichael, Samuel Bringle, A.W. Tozier, and countless others 
through their sermons, books, and other resources. Yes, I may never have met these people, but they've had a great influence in my life through their books and resources. So again, I encourage you to attend conferences, take courses, and find someone to pour into your life and mentor you. And number five, think, journal, discuss, learn, and grow. Now, I know that was a mouthful, so let me give them to you again. Think, journal, discuss, learn, and grow. Several years ago, I heard a speaker on a leadership CD talk about the necessity of taking time every single day to think. Oddly, most of us go through our entire lives and rarely take the time to reflect on what is happening, what we are learning, and how we are growing. So what's the solution? Well, it's easy. We need to take time to think, reflect, and journal. The benefit of writing down your observations, reflections, and ideas in a journal is that you create a lasting record that you can return to and read later. During times of discouragement, it is helpful to look back and see God's faithfulness. When you question your purpose, you can look back and read your reflections on how God has shaped you up to this point. Now, a journal, whether it be in writing with pen and paper, whether you type it into a document on your computer or use a dedicated app like Day One, it gives you the opportunity to think, discuss, and document the growth throughout your life. But don't just journal and never look back upon it. Reread it, learn it, discuss it with other people, and grow from your observations, reflections, and ideas. Well, there you go. Five ways to intentionally experience lifelong transformation as you grow in Jesus. As a quick review, here they are again. Number one, have a personal growth plan. Number two, set goals. Number three, read books. Number four, attend conferences, take courses, and be mentored. And number five, think, journal, discuss, learn, and grow. Remember, the fastest growth, maturity, and transformation in our lives happens when we intentionally build our lives around Jesus Christ and purposely find ways to grow in Him. That's the fifth pillar of Christian growth. And that's what I want for you. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. Again, if you're interested in that book that I keep mentioning, The Five Pillars of Christian Growth, it's available as a free download on deeperchristian.com. Please go to deeperchristian.com and click on the free resources button at the top right to become a member of the community and have access to not only this book, but also other great resources. For show notes of this episode, including an outline and links to other resources and articles, including my top 10 recommended books for you to get started reading, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 007 for episode number seven. And if you enjoyed this podcast thus far, would you do me a favor and leave a rating and review on iTunes? It would be an incredible blessing as iTunes uses these star ratings and reviews as a way to get the podcast in front of other people. So if you think others should hear this podcast, I'd encourage you to take just 30 seconds and go to the ratings and review section of this podcast on iTunes. Well, join me next time as we dive into God's word and freshly look at how we can build our lives around Jesus Christ. Until then, know I am cheering you on.